The Yucca Valley Plugged In Podcast brings you up to date on the town of Yucca Valley's current issues, projects, and events. Your local government wants you to be informed about the progress we are making as a community, and we invite you to be involved. Visit the town website at www.yucca-valley.org to register your questions, comments, and suggestions. Produced and presented by Town Hall, the bi-weekly podcast provides a snapshot of the top issues of the day. Get plugged in with Mayor Jim Schooler to stay up to date on all things Yucca Valley. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Yucca Valley Plugged In podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we plug you into the current business at Town Hall, as well as some of the interesting highlights of what's going on in our community. I'm Jim Schooler, a member of the Yucca Valley Town Council and currently the mayor of Yucca Valley. We've taken a bit of a break from our intended podcast schedule due to various vacation schedules and a general tendency to procrastinate in the summertime. But we're back on track now, and as we usually do, we'll start off with some highlights of the Town Council's recent meetings. This summer, we awarded a contract for the construction of pedestrian sidewalks along segments of Little League Drive to improve safety around the town's sports complex at Brem Park, the Little League Fields, and the Boys and Girls Club. The Town Council also awarded a contract for the resurfacing of our sports courts at Jacobs Park and Paradise Park. During that resurfacing discussion, we heard a lot of public input on both sides of the idea of converting one or more of the Jacobs Park tennis courts to pickleball court. The Parks, Recreation, and Cultural Commission had forwarded a recommendation to transition one of the four tennis courts into multiple courts for pickleball on a trial basis to meet the growing demand. The council ended up accepting the recommendation and the conversion will take place with the resurfacing project sometime in the next couple of months. This trial will allow us to further analyze demand and use patterns so we can plan for future permanent facilities. The council also initiated a new investment management program to assist us in the investment of our reserve funds. This will provide an opportunity to take advantage of rising interest rates for the benefit of town residents. We also approved the placement of a short-term vacation rental and hotel revenue measure on the November ballot. If approved by the voters, this would adjust the local transient occupancy tax to 12%, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. And finally, we had the opportunity to welcome several new town employees while saying goodbye to a number of retiring staff members ready to start a new chapter in their lives. I want to remind you that you can always check out past council meetings and see a video of a particular meeting or item of interest by going to the town website www.yucca-valley.org and click on the meeting agendas button. Okay, let's check in with the town's commissions. The planning commission remains busy right now with the approval of ground disturbing activities that do not involve the take of a western Joshua tree. This action is part of the town's process to facilitate desired private property activities such as ongoing sewer connections, single-family residential infill, accessory structures, and other minor improvements. The California Fish and Game Commission is expected to take action on the Western Joshua Tree recommendation at their meeting on October 12th and 13th. It is not really known what direction the commission will take, but the town remains committed to continue to advocate for the development of a reasonable and responsible framework that will allow residents the ability to maintain their investment in their property without fear of onerous regulation as currently exists today. The Parks, Recreation, and Cultural Commission recently met and forwarded recommendation on the town's public art policy, the town's public art program for fiscal year 2022-24, and the temporary provision of pickleball courts. 
The Commission expects to begin work on recreation facility naming recommendations. Start watching your mailbox. You will soon receive a copy of the town's Fall Winter Recreation Guide. This is a publication the town sends out twice a year that lists our programs, activities, and events. In it, you'll find information about the town's fall holiday activities, Christmas tree lighting, craft fair, town snow day, veterans tribute event, enrichment classes, and more. An online version of the guide is available by visiting the town's website at yucca-valley.org. Speaking of special events, the Morongo Basin Cultural Arts Council is once again sponsoring the amazing Highway 62 Open Studio Arts Tour. This is something you don't want to miss. Three consecutive weekends in October, starting the weekend of October 8th and 9th, will provide you with the opportunity to visit over 130 local artist locations here in the Morongo Basin. Visit MBCAC or download the mobile app to learn all the details of this terrific event. The town will be holding a municipal election on November 8th of this year. Candidates for Districts 1, 3, and 5 will be on the ballot along with the town's Measure K. Measure K is a town-sponsored ballot measure that would adjust the current short-term vacation rental, hotel, motel, lodging tax from 7% to 12%, providing revenue that would be used to fund community priorities including police patrols and 911 emergency response, crime prevention, maintaining local streets and fixing potholes, managing traffic, cleaning up trash and litter dumped in the public areas, and monitoring and addressing any problems caused by short-term and vacation rentals. This tax is only paid by those individuals staying in local short-term vacation rentals and hotels for less than 30 days, and it would help fund important local community priorities. For more information on the town's municipal election, including how to register, how to vote early, finding your polling place, or finding a location to drop off your mailed ballot, or participating in one of the town's informational sessions on Measure K and the municipal election, visit the town's website at www.yucca-valley.org elections. This is the segment where we get to welcome a member of the Yucca Valley community to find out a little bit more about who they are and what they do. Today, it's an honor to welcome Captain Robert Warwick, the recently appointed leader of the Morongo Basin substation of the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. In his new role, Captain Warwick oversees an enormous geographical area that includes the cities of 29 Palms and Yucca Valley, where he serves as Chief of Police. Captain Warwick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Mayor. I appreciate you having me. Actually, I should say welcome to Yucca Valley, but you've been here before, so tell us about your law enforcement career and how you came to be the head of Morongo Basin Police Force. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I was here back in 2014, 2015. So I am, I've almost completed my 24th year with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. I went to our basic academy back in January of 1999, and like all of our deputy sheriffs, we start working in corrections. So I spent a couple of years working in corrections, uh, worked patrol at various patrol stations, uh, spent some time at our training center, teaching firearms, defensive tactics, and the new academy recruit. Uh, but I've spent the biggest chunk of my career in our homicide detail. So I was there as a detective and then as a sergeant leading a team of detectives. And that group uh, investigates all of our not only murders, but officer-involved shootings, in-custody deaths, very in-depth investigations. From there, uh, I work in our public affairs division. So I served for three years as the commander of our public affairs division, overseeing all of our social media, press releases that go out, attending events with the sheriff and the executive staff, working out with the community, 
And in 2014, 2015, I was assigned here as a patrol watch commander. For a majority of that time, I was working the graveyard shift. A lot of people don't know, but our deputies work 12-hour shifts. So we work from 7 to 7, either a.m. or p.m. And so as a watch commander, I was in charge of all of the deputies assigned to the town of Yucca Valley, the city of 29 Palms, as well as deputies assigned to the county areas, the deputy and the staff working inside of our jails. So there was a lot to it, and I got to basically go all over the Morongo Basin and learn very quickly about all the different areas and differences between the towns and cities. So you know your way around the neighborhood here. Where were you right before you came back to Yucca Valley? Before Yucca Valley, I was serving as the lieutenant at the Yucaipa station. I want to kind of segue a little bit out of professional arena here. I recently learned that you and I share a long-time attachment to the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is a good season to be a Dodger fan. We are recording this in the middle of September, so you never know what's going to happen. But right now, it's a good time to be a Dodger fan. So how did you start your affection for the Dodgers? Well, I will say I'm glad you pointed out this is in September because I'm going to tell the listeners that you heard it here first in September that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series in 2022. <laughs> All right, good so, for you. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Actually, back when I was about five years old, uh, my dad, he owned a business and he used to share season tickets with a group of gentlemen. And so from the time I was five years old, I would get to go to, you know, a dozen or 15 ball games a year, which was great. And as a young kid, I was very interested in, you know, the, the giveaways. Sometimes it would be a calendar or a batting glove. And as it evolved and I started paying attention to the game in between going to games, I was watching ball games at a very young age with my dad on TV. So that's how it started. And then it's just evolved from there. I, I go to quite a few games, not, not as many as I would like, because I do have this more than full-time job and we're a little ways from Dodger Stadium. But when I can, I watch them on TV. And when the opportunity arises, I do take my family out to the ball game. Did you grow up in Los Angeles area or did you get it from family or something? No, actually. So the business that my dad owned was in Bloomington and then Rialto. And we, my family, I grew up from the time I was two years old up in Crestline, up in the San Bernardino Mountains. Really? So it was it was always a trek and it was always a little bit of a, an interesting dynamic on school nights when my dad would want to take me to a ball game and, you know, mom making sure that my homework was taken care of and that I'd be able, that I promised to wake up on time for school the next day. But that was a, a small price. I always loved going out to ball games. Well, I'm a little older than you. I remember uh, listening to Vin Scully actually on a transistor radio every night. Uh, and this was uh, way back in the, in the day, well before bobbleheads. Uh, but we did collect memorabilia and I kept score every night. I kept score listening on a transistor radio to the to the Dodgers. And so lifelong uh, addict to the Dodgers. Yeah, absolutely. And if I could just piggyback on that with Vin Scully, obviously we recently went through his passing and that was tragic. But I can remember on nights that I wasn't able to go to ball games. I still had a bedtime like most kids and it typically was before the Dodger game ended. So I would go to my room and I think I'm past the statute of limitations now where my parents can get mad at me, but I would go in my room and turn the radio on very quietly and listen to Vince Coley call those last few innings of the game. That was great. Those are great memories, aren't they? Yes, sir. You know, I want to get uh, your perspective, as long as we have you here, on an issue that seems to be affecting not just Yucca Valley, but all of California cities. It's been eight years since California voters approved Prop 47, referred to on the ballot at the time as the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act. In addition to reducing penalties for certain lower-level crimes, Prop 47 freed up space in our state prisons. As you know, it seems that a lot of people and retailers are wanting to have another look at Prop 47 and see how it can be tweaked or fixed or even repealed. Uh, So from the law enforcement perspective, how has Prop 47 changed the way you and your staff do your jobs? 
Prop 47 has been very difficult, and I share your frustration and business owners' frustrations uh, with it. I think it was very misleading uh, legislation, to say the least, and now that it's 2022, we are definitely still feeling the effects. So from a law enforcement perspective, is we're seeing a lot of those repeat offenders. Since the penalties are not there for the offender, there's really nothing to discourage them from creating those same crimes over and over. I really feel for our business owners. There's a lot of businesses who simply don't call us anymore because it's no longer we go in there, we handcuff them, do a big investigation, and we take them to jail. I believe for businesses, it's more cost efficient for them to not pay a law enforcement, or excuse me, a loss prevention officer, not take the time to call a deputy out to do an investigation because there's nothing on the back half of it. They'll see that same offender potentially in their store later that week doing the same thing because there's no penalty to it. So from the retailer's perspective, they're, they're losing money. They've got to pass that along to the consumers and the consumers complain about higher prices. But let's go back to when it was uh, first on the ballot as the Safe Neighborhoods and Schools Act that, like you indicated, that, that did seem deceptive at the time. And But everybody's compassionate. Everybody, you know, wants to do the right thing. Everybody, it sounds like a, a good thing, but this is one of those unintended consequences, you know, where it's kind of gotten, gotten out of hand, it feels like. And I don't know if you have any perspective on how that that's going to be fixed or anything, but I know that there's outcry to get it fixed to help solve the situation. Yeah, that would certainly be the perspective of law enforcement, the preference of law enforcement that that gets fixed because we'd like to give our deputies and officers throughout the state tools to come alongside business owners and actually enforce laws that were one time on the book. For example, petty theft, it used to be if you stole more than $400 worth of merchandise, then it was a misdemeanor. Well, now you have to steal over $950 for it to be constituted as grand theft. There was a penal code, 666, which was petty theft with a prior, where you get that repeat offender who goes into the same store and steals. Well, once you start repeating those actions, we as deputies would have a, a felony to work with, and it translated to the district attorney's office where they would have more teeth to prosecute. And I agree, you know, I'm not a big fan of just putting everybody in jail and eventually prison, thinking that that is solving our problem. But we have to come up with a better solution than putting the burden on business owners. And basically, the, the people that do right and work hard for their wages and trying to support a family, inflation's tough enough, but when your, your dog food at Target and your groceries at different retailers are even higher because of legislation, I think that we missed the mark on this one. Well, hopefully our legislators are working on that and we come up with uh, some sort of a solution to ease the pain uh, fairly soon. Now, I know uh, County Sheriff's Department has been a fantastic partner in, uh, in Yucca Valley for a number of years, ever since we incorporated in 1991. And I know that your department has teamed up with our citizens in a lot of different ways, with community events, school outreaches, citizens on patrol, and even more. So share, if you would, how the Sheriff's Department engages the local community and how those efforts contribute to the public safety effort. To be honest, that's probably the favorite part of my job right now, is working with the community. And it sounds so cliche to say, but we are so so much better when we work alongside our partners and not just when we as the sheriff's department are not simply a law enforcement arm. Uh, we don't just want to engage with residents when they're having a really bad day or when there's an emergency. So a lot of people don't realize, but a third of the sheriff's department is made up of volunteers. And they come in the form of citizens on patrol, like you mentioned, search and rescue, which are both critically uh, important to the operation out here in the Morongo Basin. But also, we love working with our schools and business owners. Just prior to uh, meeting you for this podcast, I was over at La Contenta Middle School, where the Sheriff's Department Association 
SEBA did a bunch of fundraising efforts and wanted to go out and appreciate our teachers. As you know, teachers spend so much money out of their own pocket. And we as the Sheriff's Department have to be great partners with our schools. And we see what the teachers and the administrators do every day. And it really is all about the youth. So what we did today is went out and selected 10, the district selected 10 teachers from La Contenta Middle School and the association provided them all with $250 gift cards to use at their discretion, anything that they want to help the classroom. And it's just awesome. It's partnerships like that. And we don't just work together when we give them things, but we need to be having conversations. How do we as deputies serve the children? How do we serve you as business owners, as teachers, as city staff? Because I think we can pick off problems when they're small problems or maybe not even problems yet just issue when we sit down and communicate and a lot of people don't realize all the different ways that the sheriff's department can serve rather than just responding to emergencies. Oh, that's fantastic. And and I know that it's been a great partnership with the town of Yucca Valley for a number of years, and you're well on your way to continuing that tradition. It, it's just very, very comfortable, very uh, effective, you know, the way we have our public safety in place. And thank you for that. It seems like the more we talk, the more questions come to mind, And but we're going to have to wrap it up for now and hopefully pick it up in a future episode of the Plugged In podcast. But before we go, is there anything that you want to uh, share with our listeners? Well, I would like our listeners, and we touched on it a little bit with our volunteers, the Sheriff's Department, specifically the Morongo Basin Station, is always looking for community members who are looking to give back. We have Citizens on Patrol, which is a very minimal monthly commitment, and these members receive training. They go out and they conduct vacation checks. When you go out of town, we as your police agency have the ability to send citizens on patrol to drive by your residence regularly to make sure nothing is out of the ordinary. We have search and rescue members when uh, it can be a very dangerous desert if you get lost and we have volunteers who go out and will help find you and educate you. So I would love for if anybody in the Morongo Basin is looking for a way to serve, there are volunteer units that work out of our station that give right back to the Morongo Basin. And also, there are many un- unsung heroes that you do not typically see. Everybody sees the deputy sheriffs who are out in the street, and we have great support from the community. But there's about 30 individuals that work inside the walls of our police department, that work in the jail, that stat our reports, that process our evidence, that take care of our vehicle fleet. And we are always hiring. We're down positions. So this is twofold. I, I really want to thank those folks who don't get thanked enough, but also let the community know that we have good paying jobs with great benefits Uh, and you might not have thought about joining the sheriff's department but there might be a very good opportunity and i would encourage you to check that out on the sheriff's department website that's fantastic i didn't even realize you had openings and you were uh, doing active recruiting right now Uh, what about citizens on patrol and search and rescue how does somebody get from just listening to us now to actually making contact and getting in the training uh, academies or whatever uh, they need to do Well, there is certainly a great place to start is going to the Sheriff's Department website. And like I said, a third of our department is made up of volunteers. So we have a lot of information on our website. But for those of you living in the Morongo Basin, I would encourage you to contact the Morongo Basin Station and find out when a meeting is where you could surround yourself with a group of individuals who have chosen to accept this calling and do it. And you can ask about the process. You can find more out about it. You don't have to be completely vetted and through your training before you can come and actually talk to a person who's doing the job. You can get a little bit more information, and if it's a right fit for you, then all of the training is uh, explained along the way. 
I noticed that at every community event, we've got citizens on patrol directing traffic, uh, setting up a booth so that they can give information. Uh, search and rescue also just show up everywhere. And uh, it's, it's really great. It's a great presence. And we just thank you for your department's participation in the community and, and all the ways that you contribute and help us out here. And we're really proud of our public safety record. This is a very safe community. And, and what's your perspective? Are we, are we on the right track as far as uh, being a safe community? Do we have any threats that we should know about? You are definitely on the right track. This has been in place for a long time. And it was clear to me uh, when I was up here as a sergeant in 2014 and 15, and then certainly when I came back as a captain, that public safety is the top priority for city council. And it starts from there. And it's the top priority, not just because of personal opinions, I would imagine, of individual council members, but that's what the community wants. There are a lot of people in the Morongo Basin, specifically the town of Yucca Valley, who are extremely proud of where they live. And in order for them to enjoy the quality of life that they want, they know that they need public safety. So we are supported by the residents, we're supported by the business owners, we're certainly supported by the council and the city staff. So it's going great. There's always ways that we can improve You know, we're looking at different ways that we can reduce traffic collisions. And we have a traffic deputy working out in Yucca Valley and other deputy sheriffs in between calls for service. They're conducting traffic enforcement. Right now, school safety is on everyone's mind. So we are taking a lot of precautions, sending our deputies to training. And the town of Yucca Valley and even the city of 29 Palms, both are very supportive in that. We have some great ballistic shields on the way that our deputies are already training with at our training center. And I can assure you, if there's ever an emergency at our school, and it's not comfortable to talk about, but your deputy sheriffs are going in and we're going to stop that threat as quickly as possible. But when we're supported by the local municipalities to get us the equipment that we need, that's just more support for the residents and it shows that your your council puts their money where their mouth is. Thank you and thank you for, for all that you do uh, and for joining us here uh, this morning for this uh, interview. And please pass along our, our thanks, Captain, to all of your staff for the outstanding job they do to keep our communities safe. I certainly will do that, and I'm proud to say that your residents thank them every day. We've been talking with Captain Robert Warwick, our local chief of police and captain of the Morongo Basin substation of the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. Our shout-out this episode goes to Mr. Bob Stevenson. Bob has been the man behind the scenes, behind the camera, recording the happenings of Yucca Valley and the Morongo Basin since moving with his family to Yucca Valley in 1965. In those 57 years, Bob owned a photography business located in our current Old Town area. He worked for the High Desert Star as a photographer. He was a member of the High Desert Water District Board of Directors. And over the years, Bob has assisted most all of our agencies with their special events and meeting recordings, including the Town of Yucca Valley, Joshua Basin Water District, High Desert Water District, City of 29 Palms, and San Bernardino County. He has kept up with the advances in technology and steadily increased his knowledge and investment over the years. Bob's resume includes assisting movie director Steven Spielberg in recording hundreds of Holocaust survivors. Bob also shares his talents with the Morongo Basin Historical Society in preserving our area's history. He is virtually an almanac about who's who in the Morongo Basin, a valuable resource regarding the people of our communities. Bob has been faithful over the years to record all of the meetings of all of the agencies, 99% of the time in person. He is the first to arrive and the last to go. 
Bob recently received the Spirit of Yucca Valley Award at a town council meeting for all of his work over the years recording and promoting the town and other agencies in our basin. Congratulations, Bob. This shout-out's for you. Okay, it's time to take a look in our mailbag. This is the time where we take a look at questions that have been sent in to the podcast or to town hall directly. If you want to send in a question, just email it to me at jschooler at yucca-valley.org. You can also find my email address in the podcast description as well. Okay, today's question. What's going on with the old Travel Lodge Motel on the west side of town? What's it going to be? Yeah, this question has come up a number of times recently. With the security fencing around it, many people have thought that this landmark hotel was going to be demolished or even transitioned into a shelter for the unhoused. Yeah, well, neither of those is the case. What's happening is a group of experienced hospitality industry investors have purchased the property and they want to rehabilitate the hotel to highlight its unique design and install the necessary upgrades and modifications to make it a unique destination location for visitors to the area. The group has indicated that these improvements will take quite a while to complete and it is more efficient for them and less disruptive to the potential guests to just go ahead and close the facility during this renovation period. The town was excited to learn about this concept and looks forward to working with their development team in this endeavor. Yucca Valley Plugged In is a podcast produced and presented by the town of Yucca Valley. Your feedback, questions, or suggestions regarding future episodes can be emailed to comrelations at yucca-valley.org. For more information about the town of Yucca Valley, be sure to follow us on social media and visit our website, www.yucca-valley.org.